welcome to Corona Stories, a place where people can be open and honest about their feelings and experiences of COVID, lockdown and related matters. I'm Sylvia and I'm pleased you can join me today and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Today is the 5th of February 2021 and today my guest is Jennifer who uh, works in financial services and is a mum to two children. Jennifer, would you like to say hello? Hello. I've gathered from you that you've had quite a tough week this week. How how has this week been going for you? It's been very challenging. Um, I think it, it all kind of came to a bit of a head. I think as everybody else, we've been kind of muddling through. Um, and I think when sort of Tuesday's announcement came that you know, yet again, we've got no kind of end in sight, really. Um, it 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 just all became too much for me. I, I it's hard. You know, you you're trying to be all things to all people. You're trying to kind of do your job. You're trying to look after your children. I've got a sort of a nursery age child and a primary five age child, and you're kind of trying to do all the things that you can do for them. And you know, and keep a house. <laughs> My house is a state, um, and it's just you know you're trying to do so many jobs, but I just didn't feel like I was doing any of them very well. I kind of felt a bit like a failure. And well, you're definitely not a failure because I think everybody uh, is struggling because at the moment you're not just a mum; you're you're working and working from home. Um, you're being a, a teacher, a cook, a cleaner, um, and dare I say that that's too much for anybody. Yeah, uh, it is. It, it absolutely is. Um, I I heard the announcement on Tuesday, and I I, I kind of had a bit of a a flight response <laughs> and just took myself out of the house with the dog and just kind of walked and kept walking and kept walking and. To be honest, I wasn't really sure where I was going or whether I was going to come back home or what what I was going to do. And I I was sobbing. I, <laughs> I was sobbing in the middle of fields, um, walking the dog. And I got to the point where I thought, I need to phone someone. And I phoned my GP um, right. because I just, I, I knew I couldn't keep doing everything. And I, I, I didn't. I don't really know how anyone can help or or what can can kind of be done, but I guess kind of lifting the phone to my GP and having somebody kind of listen to me <laughs> and to tell me it was okay and that yeah it is too much, um and kind of agree with me from that perspective was was good. Um, I bumped my friend had come out with her dog and my daughter and her daughter and continue taking my dog and, and my daughter for a walk while I was speaking to the GP. Um, it, it's just hard. It, 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 you yeah. just can't see the light. I mean, and and, and if this isn't like me, I, I've, I've always, um, you know, I've worked from home for the last maybe 12 years or so. And mm-hmm. it's very different working from home just now. You know, you've not got any yeah. social interactions. You've, you you know you're not going into an office once in a while or going to meetings and you know we we work really well on on the the technology that we've got and I I, I even call from my team to kind of 
think about the technology you're using and, and kind of get out for walks and things while doing calls or get up from their screen. Um, and it, it's quite difficult because you don't have that natural <laughs> sort of break and, and your house just feels, I, I just feel like my the, the walls in the house are, are coming in on me because there's no escape from anything. You know, you, you can't just yeah. kind of, you know, take the kids to school and they go off to school and, you, you know, you can't go and meet a friend, um, you know, and go for a coffee or, or, or whatever. And, you know, the kids' school works around, you know, my daughter's at nursery, she's, you know, she comes into to my office and sort of like, mummy, I want someone to play with me. <laughs> and and they are yeah. good, they, you know, they will, will amuse themselves. And I guess it's just so much harder this time. Last time the weather was kind to us. The kids were outside playing a lot. We had to pull up, you know, they would go into the pool and, and play. I could sit out on the patio and work while they were playing. Um, there wasn't as much pressure from school. Uh, and I say that in a, not that it's a, it's a problem with the school, but there wasn't so much, you know, there wasn't like a timetable and there wasn't a, you have to do all this sort of stuff. And although the school's not saying yes. that, the school's very much saying, um, you know, we are we, you know, from a government perspective, you know, we we are being told we have to provide much more than you know the bars being raised from last time. We have to provide all this stuff, but you don't need to do it all. You've got to have a you know whatever suits your family, that kind of thing. But you know, it's there. It's <laughs> sitting in Google Classroom, <laughs> so you kind of feel well, like you kind of have to do. It. And I and I kind of feel a bit of a failure if my daughter's not doing what she should be doing. But it also means that she can't play with her sister as much and and that then means yeah. that you know the wee one's kind of left out and she's kind of like well why what's all and, and her nursery's being being pretty good you know they are putting some stuff on google classroom and they are having a sort of live session every week but that's hard too because the stuff that they're asking you to do but it involves, you know, the parent has to do stuff, do it with them. It's not things that they can kind yeah. of do themselves. And then you feel bad because yeah. you're kind of saying, well, I don't really have time to do it with you because I'm kind of trying to do some work or I'm helping, helping the other one with their schoolwork. And then from schoolwork perspective, I get for a nine-year-old to sit and work independently, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, you know to hear John Swinney stand up, and say remote learning is a success is like a slap is, is oh. a slap in the face right because I, I felt immediate <sighs> anger when I heard me him too say that. I, it was it was awful <laughs> and I was just like it, how can you stand up and say it's a success because it's not it, you know as much as you know they are much more organized the schools are much more organized than they were before um but they're not you know the expectation of children of that age to sort of sit and work independently with a here's a video watch that do the task or read this and do the task it is it, unrealistic and and of course they yeah. require parental input and they they need kind of support to actually sit and do it they can't sit and work without interaction and, and i must admit Absolutely. i'm 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 past the point of worrying about it from an educational perspective right i I worry about it from a mental health and a social well-being perspective. You know, how do how 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 do we expect kids to be in the future if they're not interacting Absolutely. with people? I mean, that's how the world revolves is is on social interactions, and you know, you work with people in 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 
in meetings and and you know we used it um, personally and 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 obviously businesses all around the country are doing this now but but i've relied on technology to work um over the time i've worked from home but it, it, it is all very much interactions <laughs> you know you're working you're working via teams yeah. you're, you know collaborating all that kind of stuff but you know for a for a nine-year-old to sit and not really be doing that is it's hard you know and, and I must admit you know you they get set work and the teachers are trying to be as creative as they can given what they've got to do but today one of one of the things my daughter had to do today was Spanish now they haven't really done much Spanish at school at all but this was a yeah watch this video or PowerPoint and repeat everything that's said would not be funny but <laughs> how are they actually learning with that yeah, I, it's it's really difficult. I mean, I can hear the kind of emotion and the breaking point and the crisis point that you've been at this week. Um, and, you know, it's it's really difficult when that the first minister said, you know, from the 22nd of February, we're hoping that nursery to primary three will be able to return to mm. school. And... You know, you've obviously got one child who's within that mm-hmm. bracket and one child mm-hmm. who isn't. So have you, have you heard from the school about your nursery child being able to return? We haven't heard anything directly from school. Um, we did we did have a, 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 a um, live call for nursery today. Um, and the kid, Charlotte loves it. And they, they did a kind of show and tell type thing. But the nursery teacher signed off at the end by sort of saying, you know, we're hoping to be back really soon. You know, we've got, we're off next week, Wednesday, Thursday, mm-hmm. Friday. The teachers need a break and we're learning stuff on the Wednesday. And then we've got another week and then you're coming back. And I must admit, I took a deep yeah. breath and kind of thought, you're telling the kids they're coming back, but we haven't had it confirmed yet. And and I haven't actually yeah, told exactly. her she's going back. Yeah. <laughs> and you sort of said that to her. I, and I, I mean, was like, oh, <laughs> mm. I think what what's been really fresh in my mind is what happened mm-hmm. at Christmas and how everybody had this sort of carrot dangled in front of them and we were all expecting to be able to have our family Christmas and then at the last minute it was pulled away from us and I don't want that to happen to my mm-hmm. son so I kind of make him, made the conscious decision not to mention it yep. to him. I will mention it to him when it is confirmed. So I think it's the 16th, perhaps, that they're confirming. And so I'm waiting till then. But then, you know, his teacher through Google Classroom said, you know, we're hoping to see you. And I haven't mentioned it. And I think it might have gone over my son's head. But I'm glad it has maybe gone over his head. Because if it's dangled and taken away, I really worry about the effect of that on young Mm -hmm. children. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I, and and that I think that was what kind of took me aback. Um, she then went on to say, "You need to all. I hope you're all washing your hands. Are you all washing your hands all the time, um, or regularly?" <laughs> and they're all kind of nodding their heads. And and, and 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 are we remembering we're not allowed to go and visit people? And we're you know, and, and kind of basically reading out the rules pretty much to them. And I know it was it wasn't done with a bad intention, but I must admit I felt quite uncomfortable. 
with it. I I can completely understand that because in a way it almost feels like the state education is monitoring yeah. what you're doing and what message you're mm-hmm. giving to your child whereas that might not be what you want them to know or think. Well, I don't want um, my kids to be scared of, you know, I'm, I don't want them living in fear. And, and, and you know, I've told them in a, an age-appropriate way what I, I want them to, to know. And, uh, you know, for the wee one's perspective, she knows there's a bug and she will regularly say, I hope coronavirus goes away because I want to see my gran or I want to play with my friends or when has, when coronavirus goes away, can we do this, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, that that that's what we've kind of said that if um she doesn't wash her hands she's going to spread it and uh, you know that's not what I want for my children um and absolutely I I can understand I actually haven't encouraged my children to wash their Mm -hmm. hands more regularly and my reasoning for that is I don't want to change their behavior I don't want them to be fearful and also I actually want them to have a healthy dose of bacteria and bugs on their hands to keep their mm-hmm. immunity up. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess that's something that does worry me is that, you know, we've been kind of locked away for the best part of a year. And, you know, what are our immune systems going to be like in the, in the future? I mean, yeah. you know, the, and I guess the frustrating thing is, right, so the kids went back to school in August, school and nursery in August. They had not a single case in their school all the way through to Christmas, not one in the whole term. Um, and, you know, they've had kind of normality. Um, so I think from their perspective, they kind of thought, not necessarily that it had gone, because they knew there was some stuff they still couldn't do, but they're all under 12, so, you know, they can play with their friends, they could could pretty much do normal stuff. And then it's sort of all of a sudden taken away from them again. <laughs> and, and they don't really quite get why it's, it's you know, they were okay. And then, then things have kind of, all of a sudden at Christmas, it's bad again. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, my son was never so happy as to go back to school as he was in August. You know, he, he was so grateful for school in a way he had never been grateful before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, to have it taken away again was really, really hard on them. Oh, it, 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 it is. And, uh, you know, I think that at least the first time it was a bit of a novelty as well. And the weather was good and they could be outside and they could be, you know, we we were fortunate. We've got um, a big garden. We've got a lot of space nearby to use walks. We had put a pool up in the garden. Um, so the kids were out in there, out there a lot and I could work from the patio um, and keep an eye on them and things. It, it's, it just seems so much harder this time. The weather's not kind. Mm. Um, there's, although you can technically do more, I just, you kind of feel like you can actually do a lot less because you can't go out and, you know, the kids can't play the way they want to play. You know, no. my youngest wants to play with the Barbies. She wants to dress up. She, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing with her friends. She doesn't want to just go and, and as much as she has fun taking the dog out and going and playing muddy puddles with friends and things like that, but you know, it's not what she really wants to be doing in the cold and wet weather. And and Amel just wants to kind of do makeup. And I, actually, I feel like it's made her grow up more quickly because okay, although she'll play with her sister and she'll play with the Barbies and whatever with her sister, what she's doing with her friends online rather than 
you know, using imaginative play or, or things that she would have done previously. She's, you know, they are being creative what they're doing, but they're putting makeup on and, and they'll spend hours yeah. doing different makeup looks or they'll do TikTok videos or, um, you know. So all all the kinds of things you thought were maybe in a few yeah. years time. Yeah, and, and they've had to grow up and, you know, I can't, I can't very well turn around to her and say, no, I don't think you should be doing your makeup. I don't think, you know, you know, you know, because it's something that they can do together while they're on FaceTime and, and, and it keeps them going and, and, you know, it gives them something to kind of do and that's fun. <laughs> but, you know. Well, I think we all let a lot of things slide in this situation because you're in this very confined environment so you want to keep everybody as happy as you possibly can Mm. so you know my child has had far more screen time than he would normally have been allowed um they've eaten more snacks than they would normally have been allowed god you can't can't keep Uh, them in food can you (laughs) i know i i'm i'm beginning to wonder why they don't starve to death in a normal (laughs) school day Uh, (laughs) and it's not as healthy as you'd like it to be either um, I, I, I guess you know, that's the worrying thing too is they're not, you know, as much as we're taking them out for walks and, and, and that kind of thing, normally you know, my, my nine year old would be in gymnastics four or five times a week for a couple of hours a time yeah. um, obviously they got back um, but that all has obviously sort of stopped from Christmas um, they're doing Zoom yeah. classes but it's 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 a poor substitute because they can't actually do anything other than really conditioning type of activities because they don't you know from an equipment and a space perspective and a safety um yeah you know they can't be doing their backflips the summer it was okay you know the early part of the year we've got we're very lucky she has an air track she's got a bar she's got beam we could have it all out in the garden and so she could do her backflips and whatever else she kind of wanted to do. But we don't quite have that space inside that, or the ceiling height that she might like to be able to do what she would really like to be doing on the equipment, um, which makes it yeah. even uh, you know harder. And my youngest has been going to gymnastics, um, but you know the stuff she enjoys doing is like playing on the bars and playing on the beams and doing the kind of obstacle course type stuff. But now they're doing splits yeah. and they're doing kind of conditioning movements and she's just not interested. So she, she, she's been to, I think, a couple of the Zoom sessions, um, but I don't think she'll be at any other ones until till they go back because it's just, it just doesn't float her boat. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of boring, <laughs> really. And she's not, and she's not well, at the I... stage my nine-year-old's at in terms of, the, you know, her fitness levels and, and, and Chloe, I guess, has got the kind of, I want to kind of stay gymnastics fit because there's a big difference between being fit and being gymnastics fit. And it, yeah, gymnastics fit is more about the flexibility and, and, and the stamina and stuff for gymnastics type stuff versus, sort of, I guess, cardiovascular fitness and that kind of thing. I mean, I, I do some fitness classes in, in the house and when my nine-year-old does them with me, she's like, oh my God, that's really hard. But if I was to try and do her gymnastics classes with her, I'd be like, oh my god, I'm mm-hmm. dead. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, so it's yeah. it, you know that kind of stuff. And 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 the wee ones, she loves swimming, um, which was great in lockdown because we had the pool up in the garden, so she could just go and swim in the pool and 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 that kind of thing. But you know, again, that's all been taken away from her. Yeah. So there isn't really anything to kind of keep their physical health as healthy as they would be 
and both my kids are Which very, is... very skinny. <laughs> but they're eating all these perhaps not so good snacks. So you just don't know what impact that's going to have either. Yeah, it's also ironic in what is meant to be a situation to protect people's health. Mm. Well, I, I mean, one thing that really does great on me is this, we need to keep the kids safe. And, and we need to, we're trying to keep people safe. And I'm kind of like, well, but what are we keeping our kids safe from? Because from a coronavirus perspective, their risk is very low. Yes. And from yeah. the impact of the restrictions on them, the impacts are actually pretty high. And I, 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 it, yeah. I find it very, very frustrating that there isn't enough, well, I don't see um, that there's an awful lot of impact assessment. I mean, my, my job, one of the things we would do is, you know, if you're doing a project, you would do impact assessments, you would ben- benefit calculations, all that kind of stuff. I don't don't see any of that with any of the decisions yeah. that are being made. And I, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't want to be in the any of the governments around the world's position because it must be pretty hellish. But at the same time, you know, we seem to just be, it's almost like we've got a blinkered view now. COVID, COVID, yeah. COVID, and COVID is the only harm that we can come to. But actually, yeah. what what are we doing to our children? What are we doing to society with what, what we're actually doing? And I mean, what strikes me about what you're saying is that actually the risks to your children from participating in gymnastics is probably greater than the risk to them from COVID. Yeah, probably. But yet the benefits of partaking in that risky activity Mm -hmm. far exceed the risks of injury and therefore you're prepared to take it. And so it's balancing those risks. It's a a risk worth taking and that's risk assessment Mm -hmm. that you do for your children all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard and you you kind of think about it and you think, well... From a rational perspective, you've got to weigh up the risks and then make a decision based on that. But actually, what we're doing is we're locking up lots of healthy people to try and protect their vulnerable. And I get, I, I think maybe why things really got to me this week was because the dialogue keeps changing and the vaccine was held out as, you know, we get the vaccine and then we can get back to normal. And then all of a sudden yeah. this week, it seems to be, well, you know, we're vaccinating people, but don't expect to get back to normal anytime soon because we don't know if people will still be able to spread it and whether it will mutate, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Well, you know, to me, mutation seemed to be something that was on the cards anyway and, and they should have known about. <laughs> and, and why have we not been planning for that kind of thing? And, 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 and you know, why have we been holding out to people and saying well when you get the vaccine once the vaccine comes along we can kind of start getting back to normal but all of a sudden it's like well sorry you know even if you're vaccinated and uh, you know it's kind of tough we just have to keep cracking on with restrictions and indefinitely I mean forever. I, <laughs> you know what does that do I've, I've I've heard these caveats since they've been talking about um vaccination and you know if you the devil is in the detail and if you listen carefully to what they say you know it it might not give you sterile immunity and you'll still have to socially distance you'll still have to wear masks and then you think well why are we doing this and then if you've got to say we've got to undertake all these things 
you, there is no such thing as a drug or a vaccine in this world that doesn't have risks. No. Because if somebody invents one of those, they will be eligible for a Nobel Prize. You know, every single medication or vaccine has a degree mm-hmm. of risk. Now, that's often not a great risk, but for some people, it will mm-hmm. be risky. So when there doesn't appear to be this huge benefit, is it worth taking this risk of a, a vaccine that we don't really know a lot about? We can't know about because it's new. So we cannot know the long term effects of it. No, and you know, I, I don't have any issue with the vaccine itself. Um, I, I think my my worry was more in my head. I had thought, you know, maybe naively, once the vulnerable people had been vaccinated, then actually mm-hmm. the rest of us can get back to normal because all the restrictions have been in place to stop the NHS getting overwhelmed and to save, well, it suddenly become save lives. But in my head, once the vulnerable people have been vaccinated, then actually the risk of people getting put in hospital because of COVID or because... Um, or or deaths becomes low and I appreciate that it, that immunity doesn't come overnight from a vaccine but I think in my head I had thought well mm-hmm. that's what happens and then they're like well no no we have to kind of wait till everybody's vaccinated so I was like well you know, if you're telling me I'm not going to get vaccinated because I'm in a very low r- risk group I, I, I guess mm-hmm. um, you know what does that what does that actually look like because you know sure surely yeah. then the harms that are being caused by the restrictions to people's mental health, to children, to, you know, all these cancer diagnoses, which have not happened, but will probably happen at a delayed rate. And, you know, dementia, all, ki- all kinds of, of things that are probably just bubbling up, waiting to be diagnosed in the future and haven't because of COVID. Yeah. Surely where does that where does that tipping point happen and there doesn't really seem to be a strategy for you know we get to this point and this is what can kind of happen we seem to it's almost like we kind of muddle through and we react we don't seem to be proactively managing those risks and when you say that you felt like the rhetoric has changed from you know let's get the vulnerable vaccinated what what do you think the aim is now I genuinely don't know. I, I I cannot see any hint of strategy in what they're okay. doing. I'm I I'm at a bit of a loss, and I and I think that kind of that that's what kind of added to my um tipping point this week was you know yeah. <laughs> you know you're kind of saying well all of a sudden we're not we're not just going to flip back to normal, and I appreciate you know a virus is a virus and and it will find ways of spreading to people mm. we had got it to yeah. very low levels in the summer and you know i've i've followed all the restrictions i you know locked down and and you know kind of in the in the summer i was sort of saying you know actually i'm quite grateful that we are going slower and we're being more cautious coming out of lockdown because actually that should that should mean <laughs> that we're less likely to get it coming back and I was very, um, you know, I guess I thought highly of the Scottish government for doing that compared to to some of the other governments. Yeah, but it, but what was the point? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> when we're kind of back to where we are now, yeah, and you're kind of like, well, actually, 
should we have had a better summer? Because you, sh- you know, should you have 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 actually released the restrictions much quicker? Because then we could have had had the whole summer and and enjoyed that more, and seen our family yeah. more. I mean, I haven't seen my parents for for months. They they live on the west coast, and you know they were in tier four even before Christmas, and you know so yeah, it, it, it's hard. And and I think one of the things that really really has got to me this week is, I guess how we treat people when when they are at breaking point is you know you can't just give yeah. people a hug and no. and and no. Oh, no we can't do that and and you know but where where is that like um how, 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 is that, how is that better than 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 catching you know and i'm not saying you know i, I obviously covid is is bad and and lots of people have it and lots of people have died from it but if we can't give someone a hug when they're at their lowest yeah what what do, what does that do for us yeah have you, have you had any problems with your mental no, health in no the and, past? I, and i and i think that no. that's actually what kind of got me is that sort of speaking to a few people recently um some who work in the nhs where they've sort of said you know our our, our mental health wards are full but they're not full of people that we know about they're actually full of people that have have would normally be be okay and this is really pushing them over the edge and we've got people who genuinely mean to kill themselves in the wards not people that are doing it for a cry for help and all because of the situation that we're all living in just now and I guess that kind of sort of shocked me and you're like but where is that in the in, in the reasoning and the dialogue I would imagine as well, it's a bit of a shock to your system as well to find yourself in a position where you're not as mentally strong as you usually are. You've you've no history of this. Um, this must feel very foreign to yeah, you. Yeah, I, 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 and I actually don't think it's mental health. I, 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 I think it's it's more of a it, what we are dealing with just now, and what is being placed on us in terms of sort of working parent, um homeschooling looking after nursery age children cooking cleaning and all the other stuff that kind of comes with it is actually too much it's too much to ask anyone to kind of do oh. so it, it, it i, I actually think it's more burnout necessarily than mental health if that makes sense albeit there's there is maybe mental health type bits in it but it's just pushed me to that breaking yeah i mean I, th- I think there's an element of that in a lot of people's mental health problems is that it's overwhelmed mm. with problems, dealing with problems for so long that they hit a breaking point. Um, some people might have a stigma attached to that. And I never understood that because we all have a brain. We all have emotions. And why would having a problem in that respect be any different to having a problem with your kidney mm. or having a problem with your leg or you know and the other thing is that it doesn't necessarily mean that it will be permanent mm-hmm. yeah you know this is a reaction to this specific set of circumstances which is unique in history yeah and i i think i had you know, you know you talk about fight and flight responses yeah and i think i had a flight response and it was just my body's way and I, I i had no control over it it was just i had to 
run. I had to get out of here. <laughs> um, I, you know, and, because how can you fight if if your body goes into that primitive state and you're feeling fight or flight? What can you fight at the moment? And, and that's frustrating too, because who, how, how, how do you kind of get? this across to the people that are making the decisions I mean I've written I've emailed Nicola Sturgeon I've emailed John Swinney he's he's our MSP um and I've I've had one response and <laughs> I've emailed quite a lot with various different concerns at various different points probably from about July time um yeah and you know it, it, it it's been different things so sort of from a you know what support is out there from a working parent perspective you know what, what what you've raised the expectations from a remote learning perspective from the schools but what you've done mm -hmm. is you've put a whole heap of pressure onto parents that are already trying to juggle so much yeah and i think you know you said the school says mm -hmm. it's optional but the reality is as a parent mm -hmm. you always want your child to do well you don't want them mm -hmm. to fall behind. So, you know, in your head, you're thinking, well, their classmates are probably getting this done. So I don't want my child not to get it done. So there's this automatic mm -hmm. kind of pressure or, you know, if if an exercise is optional, well, how optional is it really? If they were in school, would they be doing this? Are there all their classmates managing it? Should we mm -hmm. be ma managing it? It's very difficult. You're sort of constantly mm -hmm. second guessing yourself and pressurising yourself. I, I, I mean, I wrote to our um, director of education as well um, because I was feeling so much pressure. And I wrote to her to sort of say, look, you know, it, this is hard and we're really struggling because, you know, from my kids' perspective, you know, you can't expect a nine year old to be working independently for the amount of time that is required to do the work that's being set um and yeah you know the response i got back was was nice but it, it very much sort of said oh we're not trying to replicate what is happening what what would happen in a school classroom where you know it is remote learning that's what it is and you know that's a slap in the face as well because you are trying your best to support them think... and, and at the end of the day you want them you do want them to learn you you, you know you don't want them to sort of be um, I, I don't know what the word for it but you know you don't want them not to, 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 to be engaging with the learning and stuff but at the same time I do think that there's a lot of inequity out there because you know we've got you know kids in you know my daughter's got a friend in the local private school and they have live lessons pretty much you know for every subject and they get set whatever work yeah. it is and they go off and do that We've got kids in um, the village up from us and in um, the city next to us that have got a live, not necessarily a live lesson, lesson but they have a live catch-up every day. Um, and we have yeah. two live sessions a week, although I think that's going to go up to okay. a third one. But it, but it's, it's, I guess, you know... <laughs> It's it's very much a postcode lottery, and even within postcodes, even within schools, mm -hmm. different teachers are doing yeah. it in different ways. So you know you can have a child in primary six, from what I've heard, where their teachers doing great amounts of 
uh, live sessions, but then you've got a sibling in another class who's not getting the same levels mm-hmm. of live sessions. So it's it's not uniform. And I think the other thing for me is that every child mm-hmm. is different. Every child has a yeah. different mm-hmm. learning style. And you would hope that when a child is in a classroom and teachers and teaching assistants are there, they can notice when a child isn't responding mm-hmm. or a group of children aren't responding to a particular method. So I would imagine the feedback from that is I need to adapt this lesson and do this mm-hmm. in a different way. Or today it's just yeah. not happening. Today the kids are as high as kind Let's do something else. <laughs> Let's get them outside or, or Let's or, do something uh, else. You know. I think the teacher's been my daughter's teacher's been really really good actually and I have contacted her because at the weekend my Sunday night going into to Monday my my eldest was sick um and right she was she was kind of upset and kind of and I think a lot anxiety related it was random it was a you know one-off sick it wasn't a bug it was you know it she was just sick and I think because she's so anxious about, you know, she's got another week of homeschooling um, and, you know, it, she's struggling with it. Um, mm-hmm. She is spending a lot of time on FaceTime with her best friend, which is, which is, which is good. <laughs> and I, I would normally sort of say that, but it is keeping her sane and we're taking the dog a walk with her friend. Um, but I sort of said to her teacher, look, you know, we are struggling and I'm struggling as well. And, you know, yeah what should we do and I, I i she she did come back and she said look you know don't put pressure on yourself don't you know don't worry if you can't get st- stuff done what can i do to help sure and so i gave it quite a lot of thought and, yeah. I, and i did go back and i sort of said look you know what struggling with is she's struggling to work independently without interaction what she loves and she you know you'll know that yourself is that she loves the group discussions and she she always your know, feedback you always kind of get honor is that she asks a lot of mature questions she's you know very engaging in the class discussions and she misses that so I sort of said you know look if there's anything yeah. I, I you know I don't know whether your hands are completely tied in terms of live sessions but is there any more you can do from that to work with a partner or in a small group to do some of the activities so you know we, yeah. I thought we kind of cracked it last week because I, I had underestimated the support that she needed I kind of thought, well, she's got the timetable. Yeah. Last time, what we struggled with was that she got a kind of almost like the beginning of the week, here's all the work you've to do for this week. And what she struggled with was, how do I break yeah. this down to a daily basis? How do I actually kind of, you know, kind of do that, do it over the week? And what, what I had to do or, or my husband had to do was yeah. sort of sit down with her and kind of go, right, okay, today, let's do this tomorrow yeah. and, and kind of chunked it up for the week. Yeah. Now yeah. they've got a timetable which chunks everything up for them and you don't have to stick to the timetable I mean you can do it to suit your family but weekly it probably helps to sort of stick to the timetable because then you've kind of got a a rough structure of how much time you should be spending on stuff and and Mm -hmm. and kind of you know can tick it off as you do it um yeah I kind of just thought she would you know follow the time <laughs> but then by the time you w- watch something or read something and then work out what it is you have to do it, it actually it became clear that really you need to sit down with her to kind of work out what it is she needs to do make sure she knows yeah. what it is she's to do and she knows how yeah. to do what it is she's doing 
and then she'll be able yeah. to kind of do it and um we also kind of put so I would do that my husband would do their sort of stem challenge with them and she he did would do right. that with my daughter and her friends sort of over FaceTime so that they both kind of got a bit of kind of attention and kind of help with it if you like or just somebody there to kind of you know give them a bit of a prod if they were carrying on or if they kind of lost their way with it um and I yeah. you know I kind of got my mum engaged to kind of help with some of some of the things and sort of French lessons because my my parents lived in Switzerland so so my mum sort of speaks French so kind of do that with her and she would help her with some of her English or her, her maths as well and give yeah. her that kind of one-to-one time and some interaction to discuss what it is she's doing um yeah but I mean I, what I was saying wasn't meant as any kind no. of criticism of teachers but and you know my son's teacher is wonderful I can't praise her enough but more just that the system of yeah, remote learning that's exactly means it. that the teacher doesn't get that feedback cannot adapt to what each child needs and your child obviously needs that discussion element mm-hmm. and you know working on your own a screen you can't she can't feed that back to the teacher no no she can't and so it's, it, it is hard and, but then you know, as I said you know John Swinney standing up and saying remote learning is a success you're just like how many parents around here actually genuinely believe that or think that's a success because it's only a success if the parent is coping and is able to actually sit with the child and do what it is you know do it with the child because they can't just sit and and work you know okay I appreciate it's a bit different once they kind of get a bit older um and I know you know my niece is 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 in second year and, and they have live lessons for I think pretty much every class and she's finding that much easier yeah. this time than she did last time when they didn't have that. Um, they've just got that bit more interaction and, and, and stuff to kind of keep them going. But, you know, it, it's almost the other way for primary school. <laughs> yeah. When actually you're kind of thinking they kind of maybe need a bit more input. Um, yeah, they absolutely do. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the truth of the matter is I have to sit with my mm-hmm. child and do all his schoolwork with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've got a preschooler as well, mm-hmm. and she's wanting my attention. Yeah. It doesn't hard. really work. And, it, you know, if she's not wanting my attention, she's wanting to play with her mm-hmm. brother. Yeah, that, it's, it's hard. And that's that's probably the hardest bit this time, is that, you know, my wee one can't play with her big sister as much as she'd like because her big sister's doing more schoolwork and or she's on FaceTime with her friend and she's always kind of like I want to play with me I want to, you know can you come and play with me because I haven't got anyone to play with and you're like well I've kind of got some work to do I've got a call you know have you got a call mummy can you come and play with me and it, it breaks your heart yeah. because you're like well how do you cut yourself in to do all the things that are being asked of us just now how do you cut yourself into, into... as many pieces as is needed to sort of deal with all you know your children's needs and deal with your work and deal with you know cooking cleaning all that kind of stuff it it's just it's just too much and it that it did it got too much for me this week and I I I think my body just said I can't do this anymore (laughs) my mind said I can't do this anymore I have no space to think I have I have you know how do you have even a little bit of time for yourself yeah and do you feel that you've got a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel at the moment or are you still feeling quite I feel better than I did 
and I, and I think that's because I got it off my chest and because kind of friends yeah. rallied round, family kind of rallied round and, and actually probably appreciate how I'm feeling. Whereas I think before that, I think some of them had kind of thought, you know, you're just ranting. I think that that has certainly helped. Do I see light at the end of the tunnel as in do I see this ending anytime soon? No, I, I don't think I do. Which is hard, <laughs> and uh, you know I think it's going to be harder if my youngest goes back to nursery when they say she will, because mm-hmm. then I've got a child at home on her own, um, while we're working mm-hmm. to kind of who who who's going to be a bit upset that you know her younger sister can go and play with her friends and be normal at nursery and she can't um absolutely i'm not sure what we'll do when we get to that point if i'm honest especially if that period of time lasts for much longer than a couple of weeks or so and i don't know what that looks like I, i i i find it hard to understand why we have said primary one to three could go back but the rest of primary school can't when previously we've categorised all under 12s in the same way and the stats don't seem to back up that there's any greater harm that would come to the child. I I mean, I I don't know, I haven't seen anything that sort of says, you know, a nine-year-old or a ten-year-old will spread COVID more than a seven- or six-year-old. No. Um, I mean, I... I don't know anything, but what what I did want to say to you is that you do know that there's an exemption for you to be able to see people and for your daughter to see people if it's to to help your mental health. And, you know, I would argue that this week, if your daughter's been sick and that's been caused by anxiety, if you've had a kind of fight or flight response, it's definitely possible for you to say in this situation I can't go on like this and to preserve my own mental health and my well-being you maybe need to team up with somebody else whether that's your daughter's best friend's family you know if you can have a kind of frank conversation with them and see if they can buy into this uh, exemption as well to help you and help to be daughter. fair I mean we kind of have almost bubbled up with them and you know we'll go dog walks with them and things like that and yeah. one of the things that did cross my mind because because my my daughter's friend's little brother is in primary two and so he will obviously be back at school if they go back at the same time as my my youngest and it it, it did cross my mind kind of thinking well actually do we do we do something that sort of you almost like buddy up and they spend a day about at each other's house doing their schoolwork together type of thing I think that is (laughs) I think it's entirely justifiable. I, I don't think there is anything within that that would be wrong. Um, I, I think it's allowed in terms of the rules. And, you know, I think you should be doing that. I think it, it's, that it's hard and, and we have played by the rules. Um, you know, even, you know, during lockdown one, um, you know, we would take the kids out for walks and things and, and we would almost like, you know, we would walk to, to each other's houses and they would have a conversation through the window. 
because then they could still sort of see each other. But yeah. you know they were you know they were playing by the rules, and you know, it was very hard at times to not let them jump out of the window <laughs> and, and and run to each other to hug each other. But you know they've obviously been in a situation where from kind of I can't remember exactly when it happened, but well earlier in the summer where they were suddenly allowed to play normally. And they had been really good when they'd had some play dates before outside um, when that was allowed at, at socially distancing and kind of, you know, playing. And even like when it rained, they would be like, we're having our umbrellas up. We're still going to sit outside because we're not having our play date spoilt by the rain. Um, I, yeah. But, you know. <sighs> Do you know, I think I think the majority of people are mm. abiding by the rules. I honestly believe that. I certainly totally bought into it 100% mm. during the first lockdown. Um, it was over last summer that things just didn't quite sit right with me anymore. And I thought, hmm. But I have to say that even with that, I am still pretty mm -hmm. much obeying all the rules. Yeah. You know, I occasionally see my my friend for mental health reasons um but like i'm saying to you it's justifiable it's what i need it's what she needs and you know what what else can you do in this situation absolutely it, you know here we're human beings we need social interaction and and you know, I, I couldn't care less about anything else. I, I just want to be able to hug my family or my friends again. Uh, you know, it's... It, Absolutely. You're I quite am. a tactile person. <laughs> I am. <laughs> so am I. So am I. And, you know, I actually want to give you a hug. I've never met you, but I, from a distance, I'm thinking, I want to give this lady a hug. She's had a really it is hard and you know, week. Even, like, things that I've enjoyed, you know, like, things like, you know, watching a good television series or reading a book I find quite hard to do now because you see either you, you've got the two ends of the scale you, you've got the, the sort of television or or series or movies or whatever that have all been filmed pre-covid and you see people mixing and you see people cuddling mm -hmm. kissing blah 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 but and you're kind of going how can they do that <laughs> that's <laughs> and, and you actually feel find yourself feeling a bit jealous or then you've got kind of, you know, programmes that are, are recorded in COVID times and they are artificially together or distanced. And it drives me nuts because you watch something and, and it'll flick from person to person. And it actually makes me a bit dizzy. Yeah. <laughs> and you kind of, all the enjoyment of watching things that I used to yeah. enjoy watching kind of been taken out of it because it's just, you can't even escape through watching something or if you can escape because it's something that's been been recorded pre-COVID, you just end up kind of thinking, oh, God, I'm, I'm a bit jealous because actually I just want to give a hug or I want to actually just sit around a table and have dinner with my family or, you know, go on holiday or, or whatever. You know, but it, it, you know, it's not big things, it's little things. I, I find myself looking at these scenes and thinking in my head, mm -hmm. I hope people don't forget mm -hmm. that this is how and, we live. And I, I, it worries me for my youngest because, you know, she, she she's she's going to be five soon. I'm, and I'm hoping beyond hope that she doesn't have her second birthday in lockdown because... You know, she, 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 we were just, we had just gone into lockdown when her, her fourth birthday and, you know, she was meant to have a birthday party and it's, it's the only birthday she remembers. And then to have, have, have her fifth birthday oh. also in lockdown. And I know that sounds really trivial and it's not, you know, it's, it's not 
a big thing, but it's big to her that, you know, mm-hmm. she wants to have a yeah. normal birthday and be able to sort of celebrate it because, you know, it, it, it's kind of a rite of passage, really, <laughs> for a child that, you know, you get... You get Absolutely. And, you know, you only get so many birthdays mm-hmm. of them being little. My little girl had her birthday party last year mm-hmm. before lockdown. And it must have made a really big impression on her because she talked mm-hmm. about it for months. Just talked and talked and talked. We, you know, we got one of these uh, party organisers in and she just had an absolute blast. And then before Christmas, she was saying, oh, but it's my birthday mm-hmm. after Christmas. Can I have a party? And we said, oh, no, you can't have a party, darling. And she said, well, can I have my party with my cousin? I love my cousin. And then we were able to go swimming again. And mm-hmm. she's a water baby. She absolutely loves the water. And she said, can, can I see my cousin in the swimming pool? Can we have a swimming party? But then you have to say... No, you can't have a swimming party because the swimming pools have have shut again. And so then she couldn't even have her cousin on the day. And it's just really hard to know what to say to her. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know what to say to my 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 will be five year old because, you know, what can you say? You don't you, you know, there's no there's no strategy. There's no kind of you know plan for this is you know we reach these levels and this is what 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 we can we can do and I appreciate and you know absolutely the right thing is that the schools have to be back before everything else um but you know I did I find it's quite exhausting just trying to think around all these things all the time yeah well I must admit I feel physically and mentally exhausted at the moment and I don't really know why because you know, it's not like we're doing huge amounts, but you know, you just feel exhausted. <laughs> exhausted. Um, well, you know, one of the symptoms of low mood is low energy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a known thing, um, and it's it's very difficult when you're you're not feeling in a great place mentally mm-hmm. you do lose that enjoyment of life and usual activities and everything's just that bit more more effort um you just feel like you're existing at the moment it doesn't feel like a life anymore it's just no. like and you just feel like hopes are dashed yeah yeah i, I don't know it, it, it's hard <laughs> and it's it's hard I, for everyone and, and and you know they kind of talk about you know have social interaction you'll phone people or, or 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 video call them and stuff and we're very lucky that we have that kind of technology available to us but you know you kind of get to the point where you're like what do we talk about yeah because <laughs> it's because <grand> because <laughs> we have no life and, and and there isn't the stuff to talk about anymore that 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 you 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 know you once kind of had and I don't know whether once the kids are back at school it becomes a bit easier because maybe there is a bit more to talk about and and and, and stuff but it, it is hard I mean I speak to my my parents most days but you know and I I must admit, kind of had started trying to avoid talking anything COVID because it just wound me up because they are living in fear. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, and I just kind of go, well, yeah, you know, they've, they've both had their first vaccine um, now, mm-hmm. um, which is good, but they are worried that 
if they get COVID, they're going to die. And they're worried that if we get COVID or the kids get COVID, that they're going to be be, be ill and, 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 you know, we're going to have long-term effects or long COVID or, or, or whatever. And you're like, well, I, you know, I appreciate that, you know, you are older and, and the risk is higher that, you know, you're going to be more ill with COVID. But the risk is still fairly low, you know, yeah. compared to other things <laughs> and you're like there's a million other things out there which are more likely to kill you than covid but yeah it's you know it's kind of interesting because actually something i i wrote i think one of the first times I, I i wrote to nicola sturgeon about was around scaremongering and that actually you know, we needed to not just talk about the deaths and not just talk about the number of people in hospital but we needed to start talking about the number of people that have recovered and that you know actually you know there's other stuff out there because stress in itself lowers the immune system we should be talking about well what can you do to actually improve your health in terms of you know do you take vitamin d make sure you're getting exercise trying to eat healthily you know not drink as much alcohol which lockdowns kind of turning people to you what can we what can we do to actually put ourselves in the best position to fight this if we did happen to get it there's none of that yeah you know there, there's 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 nothing that sort of says like, you know look you know here's all the things you can actually do to protect yourself other than you've just got to stay away from people while i kind of understand some of that i think we need we, we do need to be talking to people about here's a whole heap of things you could actually do to put yourself in the best position possible that should you be unlucky enough to get it and that chance is yeah. fairly low that you would actually get really ill with it but these are things that you could do to make to, to, to give yourself the best fighting chance that you can and and it's hard and you know and, and they talk about kind of old people um you know and let's face it most of the people that have died have been kind of over 80 85 but I also know a few elderly people that have had it and have sailed through it. But you don't. Yes, but you don't hear any of that. Um, and I don't want to no. take. You know, I'm not taking away. I don't. I, I don't deny it's there. I don't. It's about balance, isn't it? <sighs> mm-hmm. It's it's about not just hearing the negative all the time. Yes. We need we need more of the positive. Yes. We need. Yeah. I, you you, life, you need the positive about wrong. it. You also need the balance of thinking about well, actually by living like this and the restrictions that we've got, what else is it kind of causing? And for that to be taken more into account, because as much as they kind of said, and, you know, I, I do note this this last week or so, that they've spoken more about, you know, we know it's doing harm to children and blah, 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 but but do they really? And do they really know on the impact that it's having on, on families and, and, and people's ability to actually do their jobs as well? Because, you know, by having children at home and by having, you know, the pressure from homeschooling it is impacting on people's ability to work i've been signed off now um my gp signed me off because he okay. sort of said look you know it is too much you need to you 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 need a break you need to try and concentrate on you and the kids you you you, you can't do everything and maybe you know I, I, because there's limited things they can do and and i think that was what sort yeah. of struck me is because you know there you know my gp was like you know well there isn't a magic wand that we can we can wave we can't allow you to go and hug your parents and we can't allow you to go and <laughs> and, and go on a jolly with your friends or whatever and I, you know you're you're kind of like well i kind of appreciate that but what what can we do because if we're saying the pressure is too much and we're saying that there's a lot of people out there that have 
been pushed to the limit and can't can't cope with everything that they've got going on because quite frankly everything that we're being asked to do at the moment is a lot and is too much for most people yeah i guess that the real issue is that those in power are not listening and what 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 are they actually doing about these problems because you know covid is one thing and yes it's an issue but Mm -hmm. the flip side of that is that what people are experiencing just now are real issues and it's dangerous Mm -hmm. and it's not being addressed yeah my my gp offered to refer me to i can't remember where it was she 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 said she said but there's about a three or four week waiting list and i was kind of like okay um I don't really need it in three or four weeks, <laughs> you know, um, and, and kind of said, well, look, you know, I'll see what I can do through my work because, you know, we have got different things that you can kind of get through work from counselling to all kinds of stuff. I, quite frankly, I don't think it's a counsellor I need. To... <laughs> it, it, it's just a bit of normality and a bit of not as much pressure from all angles. Um, and and mm-hmm. You know, while talking and counselling is good in a lot of circumstances, that doesn't take away any of that. I think so many of our listeners will be listening to you and thinking, thank God it's not just me. Thank God that somebody else is experiencing it and, and saying openly, this is just too much. It's just too much. And I think everybody's feeling that. Mm-hmm. And it's gone on for so long. If it had lasted, the you know we're going to lock down for three weeks or six weeks or twelve weeks or whatever it happened to be. If that's what they said and that's what it was, then then that would be fine. And or, or if they'd they'd sort of said right this time, this is what we're actually doing and this is what we're aiming to do, that would make it easier. But I, I just don't see what that long term goal is and and where we're heading with it. And it it just feels like we're we're muddling through as a country. Uh, well, I can't disagree with you. That, you know, it, it does It does feel like a big muddle. And I just feel so upset when I hear how many people are being affected personally and how many people's mental health is being affected and justifiably so, um, and that nobody's listening. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know how many times I've written and you get no response and you just kind of think, well... Do they actually understand what the impact of the decisions that are being made is having? I would almost go further than that. I would almost say, do they actually genuinely care? Well, <laughs> that's a million dollar question. <laughs> and I, I, I... Because I've written to people as well. And I just feel like it's the round robin brush off that you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I must admit, I haven't, I haven't written, I haven't done the template letters. I, I've always written from a personal perspective because I kind Me of felt, too. you know, if I was somebody receiving several letters that are exactly the same, I'm not sure how much I would place on that versus if I actually get some real life stories of how it's actually impacting individuals and their families. I felt that was... <laughs> if it was me receiving them it it would have more impact on me but I, I, I'm not yeah. sure you don't you don't does. want to be the person that you don't want to be somebody who's just jumping on a bandwagon no when you tell them your personal situation your mm-hmm. personal issues you're telling them because it's personal and you want them to do something about it and to give them that respect of giving them your personal and genuine concerns mm-hmm. It's a bit of a slap, 
when what you get back is a generalised catch-all response. If you actually get anything back in um, the first place, which, you know, I've had one response. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of just feel like you're banging it's... your head against a brick wall and you're like, Where, how, how does this end? And, and once it does end, what's the plan then? Because, because actually, you know, you've changed people's behaviours for so long. How do we actually get back to normal? Because I'm pretty sure my, my my parents have started talking about, well, you know, we're not going to be going, you know, they, they, they've gone on cruises lots. In fact, they were on a cruise this time last year and got back just before coronavirus kicked off and they did the whole happy birthday singing, washing hand thing on the cruise. But they are now talking about, well, we, we can't go here or we won't go there because, you know, we don't know if we'll be safe. And you kind of think, well, yeah, but would you rather live your life? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's the life and the years, not the years and the I'd life. Much ra- I'd much rather um, live a shorter life, but a quality of life, than live a long life where actually we're just living in this hell forever. <laughs> and that's really hard to say. But, I, I, but I, if I'm honest, I think we have to get to the point where it's like, well, if we've got the most vulnerable people vaccinated, surely we then have to get to a point where we say to individuals, here is your risk and it's up to you to make your decision on how much or how little you do, right? And and you can then decide whether you're you're meeting friends and they decide whether they're going to meet you. Um, you decide whether you're going to go on a holiday or or whatever it happens to be, and make that decision for yourself. Because actually, what's what really is the point in life if you can't actually do anything? This can't be what life is like for forever. It can't be because it's not a life. It's an existence. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I think everybody's quality of existence is going to be affected longer term, the longer this goes on, because everybody's quality of existence is inextricably linked into the Mm -hmm. economy. And the more we lose that, the more people are going to not have good quality of life. They're not going to be able to eat good quality food. They're going to be poorer, and we know that that is linked to poor health. Mm-hmm. And with that, we're going to have an economy that's not feeding as much money into the National Health Service. And so overall, we're undermining everybody's health every step of the way. And people need to understand that. They need to see that this is not occurring in a vacuum, that the long-term effects, the knock-on effects are really serious. They are, you know... People talk about it as a bit of an experiment. If it is a bit of an experiment, you know, you've got to understand what are the impacts, you know, that we're going to come out the other side with. And, you know, we will come out the other side. I mean, we we, we have to. But when that will be and what that will look like, I mean, I don't think anybody's got any idea. And you, I, I, I guess no. a few of the thick things, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I do get a bit irate because I... I you know, you kind of look at it and you think, well, okay, this time last year, they kind of saw what came, what was coming. You know, you kind of had some prior warning from kind of China, from, from Italy and stuff, but we didn't really do anything. We then kind of went through the first wave and we had the summer, but we did nothing to prepare for anything that was going to come back, you know, for a second wave or anything like that. We didn't put any more into the NHS. We didn't, we didn't start you know we've underfunded the NHS for years, and and yeah, and actually, is is the problem now not not because of COVID, but actually, is it really because we've underfunded for so long, and actually, we've we've not invested 
the money to be able to have an effective NHS because I can't help but think that we do have COVID patients but all kinds of other things seem to have disappeared and we don't have as many patients from other other things sort of happening and I you know I I know they're trying to keep things going but but I think logically you know either things are have disappeared or they're being misdiagnosed or they're being missed Mm -hmm. you know it can only be those three things and when I say misdiagnosed because people are diagnosed as COVID misdiagnosed as COVID not necessarily because they're yes. not people haven't yes. gone I think there's probably a mixture of all of it <laughs> but something like something quite possibly and I, I'm not saying I have the answers but I'm saying logically that's the only options there are mm-hmm. really do you know something that actually really quite got me I read something this week from one of our local consultants and actually my GP kind of repeated similar to me was that you know normal will be different she's you know they they had talked about that things like, you know, people will will continue maybe wearing masks, and if they're if they're ill, they'll stay at home, and and we won't have flu anymore because people won't be be going out and and, and spreading it, or you know they'll quarantine self, you know they'll self quarantine at home, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I thought, well, that's kind of hard. <laughs> you know, do we really want society to change I- in that way? You know, do we want people not to seek help when when they need it? Do we, you know, what do what do we want society to be like in the future? Yeah, I mean, the the thought of long term mask wearing absolutely terrifies me, and the idea that that could be compulsory absolutely terrifies me, because I find it deeply unpleasant to wear a mask. And to be perfectly honest with you, I avoid situations like the plague where. I might have to wear a mask. So, you know, rather than go to the shops, I'll Mm -hmm. order. Um, If I do go to shops, it's as quick as I can get in and out, you know, because I hate it. I do not want to exist in a society where people habitually wear masks in the Mm -hmm. open air. I think that would be a travesty. It's Um, it's difficult. I mean, I've I've actually got hearing loss. I I can't hear out of one ear and I didn't realise how much I relied on lip reading. And people's expressions until yeah. this all happened, <laughs> which, which I guess, kind of, you know, if I was in a situation where I was going into an office and everybody was wearing masks, I would feel very, very isolated. I mean, as you said, I mean, I I, I wear a mask to go shopping, but it, it is a in and out as 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 quickly as possible, and it and it is a situation where genuinely I wouldn't have to communicate, but. You know, the number of times you've kind of gone into the shop and somebody starts waving at you and, and trying to kind of get your attention because they know you and you're kind of like, well, I don't actually know who you are because I don't see your face and I don't recognise you. And, and and maybe, it, you know, and then you're like, well, I can't really communicate with you because I can't actually understand what you're saying because I can't see your mouth moving. And, and... Well, I, do you know, I'm exactly the same, except that I don't, not knowingly, I don't have a, a hearing issue. But I must have developed learning to to listen using mm-hmm. all my senses or something like that because mm-hmm. I lip read quite a lot and I didn't know I did it until people put um, masks on. And now when they do it, you know, I've been to medical appointments and I feel a bit like a blithering idiot because I don't really know what they're saying to me. And, you know, I... It's it's horrible, actually. You you just feel so silly. And what what? Sorry, can you repeat mm-hmm. that? Can you repeat that? Do you mean me or 
it's it's really horrible. Yes, uh, it, to have a society where we're like that indefinitely does scare me. I'm I'm okay doing it for now on the basis that it is, you know, a means to an end, and you know, yeah, I don't know how much science is necessarily behind it, but if it, mm. it but I just the thought of 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 wearing masks in various situations and certainly kind of kids having to wear them you know I I don't don't know what I'm going to do because my my daughter's four just now and obviously doesn't have to wear one but she will be five in April do I suddenly put a mask on her because she's turned five you know when she's not been used to wearing one at all I don't know if I want to put her through that (laughs) yeah and and she'll be quite confused as well. What difference well, what does happens it make? on their fifth birthday? Do, is there a switch that's flicked that makes them? You know, and, and actually, surely it's more about them spreading it. And I, 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 as far as I can see, all the studies that have been done show that children aren't particular vectors of it. So why, why, why yeah, are we? You absolutely. know, other countries around the world are, are are not so strict with with the age limit as we are. Um, some are stricter. Um, but I don't think that's making any difference to their rates. So uh, the thought of doing it for a long time. And I do worry that they're going to turn around and sort of say, you know, from a, a school perspective, we want them all wearing masks. Um, the union seems to be pushing that direction um, and they seem to have quite a lot of sort of sway in it. So I certainly wouldn't be wanting my children to be wearing masks to school because you know, from my own perspective not being able to hear hear and not think it kind of particularly for younger age groups you you, you lose so much in kind of the facial expressions and the the cues and social cues and stuff that it's just I don't know what kind of society that makes us in the future it just makes me sad no. really no it's not it's just not a society I want to be no I must admit of. I have considered where I would like to live in the future <laughs> is there somewhere in the world that would be a better place to live uh, I'm I'm not sure where that is at the moment. Thank you so much for um, sharing your story, especially when it's been a difficult week for you. You've been very brave in sharing it all, um, and I hope it's been helpful for you to share it. Yeah, I think it's it's been quite good to kind of get it off my chest this week. <laughs> so thank you. Oh, you're very welcome, and I'm hoping that it will also maybe help some listeners out there as well. And keep in touch let us know how you're getting on and you know please take care of yourself because it does sound like you've had a really trying time this week thank you all right thanks okay. thank you very much bye-bye okay take care bye thank you for joining us today I hope you enjoyed today's conversation and learned a little bit more about how the current situation is affecting us all. Please join myself or Christine again for another episode soon.